Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. He who has ears, let them here. In our text today, the Lord tells three parables. I don't understand them fully. I'm going to share what I've gleaned from it. I hope to not veer from the true meaning of the parables. Uh, the word parable is a similitude or something that's similar or alongside reality to illustrate certain points. 
They're like metaphors. The Lord did this for a couple reasons. One was to hide truth from the prideful. To understand it, you have to humble yourself. And also to help us remember truth. There's nothing like a story to help you remember things. You know, weddings where nothing goes wrong are forgettable. But that wedding where the pastor spills the communion on the bride dress, that one is unforgettable. Unforgettable. All right, back to the text. Matthew 13, 24, the Lord says, the kingdom of heaven is like. See, it's a parable. It's similar to the kingdom of heaven, this story is. It's like, he's describing what God's kingdom is like, a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares. Can you say weeds? Tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the ser- servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, an enemy has done this. Can you say opposition? An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. It's a messy business to weed your garden if your crops are ready to produce fruit. If you make a discovery of a weed, you got to be careful. And in in a wheat field where everything is growing up together in mass, you would uproot good weed. We're still in a mess nationally for trying to uproot Saddam Hussein. Not to stir up politics, but there is a time for everything. And history will tell whether or not we have made a mistake there. But in the context of the kingdom of heaven, there are some things you leave alone. That God will deal with in his own time. All you can do is make it worse. So the enemy tried to dilute his harvest by sowing tares. We'll talk more about those later. He said, an enemy has done this. The servant said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers... See, these are the servants. They're different than the reapers in the story. First, gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Now, is there a place for firewood? There is, right? Is there a place for for hay and stubble? Yeah, it's good for starting fires. Another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds, that is the seeds of of gardening, uh, crops to eat, the least of all the herb seeds. Herb, is it herb or herb? Any herbies in the crowd? Sorry if I called you herby. Sowed in his field, which indeed was the least of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs or herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. This story is also told in Mark 4 and Luke 13. 
Another parable he spoke to them, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal, till all was leavened. Enough bread to feed a hundred folks. All these things Jesus spoke to the multitude in parables, and without a parable he did not speak to them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. That's from Psalm 78.2. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that your word speaks to us in such a way that our lives are changed, that we are aligned up with your purpose like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. He said the kingdom of heaven is like. The other gospels in similar stories, he's quoted as saying the kingdom of God. So I do not see a difference between the kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven. I do see a difference between heaven and the kingdom of heaven, between heaven and the kingdom of God. Heaven is where God's will only is done. The kingdom of God is where an enemy exists, enemies exist, where opposition arises, where there are problems that are worked. That's why we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God is not absent from his creation. He's turned authority over to man, and man has messed it up and given authority to the enemy. And as we quoted a couple Sundays ago, God made all things for himself, even the wicked for the day of doom. So the kingdom of heaven exists. And so it's a reality. As citizens of that kingdom, we would do well to understand the truth that is gleaned from this story. Let's talk about the parable of the mustard seed before we move on to the parable of the tares. Mustard seed's tiny. It can grow from this into a tree, literally a bush. Here's what they look like around the Sea of Galilee. Uh, They can reach, you know, 10 foot high or more. Um, I thought it grew into a mighty tree. Well, compared to the other herbs or herbs, it's huge. How many mustard seeds does it take to make eight ounces of mustard? It takes a thousand. You grind them up. What makes yellow mustard yellow? Not the mustard seed. Um, turmeric. Turns it yellow. So you mix, you mix the mustard seed powder in with vinegar, wine, whatever you want to accomplish it. And then the stone ground mustard, that's uh, maybe not the white. The seeds are generally white, brown, or brownish, or black. And so uh, that's just a little trivial information that I do not think has any relevance to the meaning of the parable. In Mark's rendition of the parable. Jesus is quoted as saying, with what can we compare the kingdom of God and what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. Now there are flower seeds that are smaller than mustard seeds, but we're talking about crops to eat. We're talking about herbs. 
Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. Today we're going to be focusing on the existence of evil in the world, the enemy that would sow tares in your field. Um, and so the birds of the air finding nests in its shade could, could refer to the inclusion of the dark side and the reality. Um, they want to take root in the church. We know the church has fallen into apostasy in different periods of church history, and wicked people came into power and had their nest. I'm not so sure that that has anything to do with the meaning of the parable, but the parable does remind me of a prophecy from Ezekiel 17. It said, in the mountain of the height of Israel, I will plant it. That's this tree that he was planting. And it shall bring forth boughs and bear fruits and be of goodly cedar, be a goodly cedar. And under it shall dwell all fowl of every wing in the shadow of the branches thereof shall they dwell. I think this relates to the new covenant where people of every kind come into the kingdom and find rest. Come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When Peter had the vision at Simon the Tanner's house on the rooftop, what was he doing on the rooftop? Well, if you've ever been to a Tanner's house, it's not always the most odorous place, right? Anyway, he was, he had a vision there of this blanket coming, the sheet coming down with all kinds of animals, birds of every kind. And the Lord told him, rise, kill, and eat. And Peter says, no, I've not eaten anything unclean. And the Lord said, call not unclean what I have cleansed. Now, we understand the meaning of it, having seen the rest of the story. He wasn't telling Peter to stop being kosher in his diet as a Jewish believer, but to stop calling people unclean, to stop labeling people, stop throwing people in baskets of deplorables. I know a politician said something like that, but people do it all the time. We do it. We need to stop that. Stop calling unclean what God has cleansed or wants to cleanse or has provided the way to be cleansed, right? So is our life, is our church, is our ministry a place where there's growth, starting from that small seed of the gospel that entered our hearts, but there's growth to the point that people are blessed in your presence. They may not agree with you, but there's something about you that reflects the love of God that they respect. I don't know. Anyway. That's not the parable I'm focusing on today. We are focusing on the parables of Christ through the book of Matthew, trying to get it done in the summertime. So we're going to focus today on the parable of the weeds or the tares. Weeds, seeds, and yeast, our title is Kingdom Realities on Earth. So it's the kingdom of heaven, realities about that kingdom on the earth. So that when you encounter bad people on the earth, or go through a trial or experience or get persecuted, you don't go into shock saying, I thought I was a Christian and the Lord would protect me from anything bad ever happening to me. Not what this parable conveys. Evil is a present reality that opposes God's kingdom. Satan was kicked out of heaven. 
I don't know that he goes there ever again. Maybe, maybe um, God observes his things from his throne. The point is, his, his domain, his rule is here where he sows discord. He's called the divider. That's what Satan means. That's what devil means. The divider, the separator, and boy, is he busy in our culture right now, isn't he? May the Lord give us wisdom to walk through <laughs> the minefields. Amen. I did, let, let me just backtrack a little bit and talk about the parable of the leaven. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a woman who put leaven in three measures of meal. Um, unle- bread made without yeast doesn't rise. It turns into tortillas or chapata or roti, who likes Indian food, or crackers or matzah. Um, and, but if you put it in bread, like challah, oh, that's delicious. It's great. It's flavorful. It's delicious. But it, in the scriptures, is a picture of sin. Yeasted bread isn't with you for a long time. Eventually, you're going to have to throw it out or do something to preserve it that makes it maybe not be good for you or freeze it. Anyway, and leavened bread can last a long time if you keep it dry and out of the elements so mold spores can't get to it. What is this parable about? Well, I think two possibilities. One is influence. Just as three measures of meal is influenced by a little bit of yeast, so we are to be an influence in the earth. We're to be salt and light everywhere we go. We're to be the trees of righteousness that provide shade for the needy. Or it could be one of those kingdom reality things. You know, most of the parables have something in them that's not good. The sheep that got lost, that's not good. The woman that lost her her, uh, dowry jewelry, found it, not good to lose it. Um, The son to leave and spend all his inheritance, that's not wise. The son that didn't want him to come back home and be celebrated, that's not good. The enemy that sows the field with tares, that's not good. Uh, The birds of the air that come and snatch the seed that falls along the road, that's not good. So the reality is the kingdom exists, but there are powers that be that seek to influence us. So the question is, which of us is going to be yeast? Are we going to be the influencer or are we going to be the influenced? Well, I'm not so sure Jesus was saying that. That's true. I just leave the thought with you. Think about it anyway. So the parable is the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the ground, when the grain had sprouted from the ground and produced a crop, Then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? How then does it have tares? In the first parable in this chapter, the sower that sows the word, the word, the seed is the word of the kingdom, the message of the kingdom. 
and the sower is Jesus, right? And we who receive the word and understand it are the good ground. And God is able to make us good ground and help pull the stones out of our, you know, change our stony hearts and bring us off that broad way that leads to destruction. So he's able to bring change. But in this parable, the seed is us. It's people we're going to see in the meaning. So the people that have received the seed become the wheat in this parable, how I see it. So how does this ground also produce tares? Well, evil is a reality that God will judge at the right time. He said, an enemy has done this. The servant said to him, do you want us to go and gather them up? But he said, no, lest you gather up the tares, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them, as the roots will be intertwined. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat in my barn. Now, the fruit from tares is not good for humans. In fact, it's rather poisonous. What is a tear? It's also called a vetch or darnel, and when it's young, it resembles wheat. So this enemy is trying to rob him. But you remember that proverb I quoted earlier, God made all things for himself, even the wicked for the day of doom. Birds are able to eat tear seeds. And so the tares could serve as something for birds to eat and leave the wheat alone. Possible. So see, when they're young, they look similar. Wheat is on the left and tares are on the right. But as they go, get older, you can see there is a difference between wheat and tares. In fact, as it gets ripe, wheat will bow beneath the weight of its fruitfulness. Tares just stand straight up. Kind of reminds me of pride, doesn't it? Those who are fruitful recognize that God is a reason for the fruitfulness in our life. He gets all the glory. So there's a, there's a humility to us. Now, tares are also, called, as I said earlier, also called darnel. Uh, if you eat a little of it, it'll make you nauseous, can make you sick, can be really harmful if it gets mixed in with your flour and you make bread from it. But there's a brewery on the island of Man that is experimenting with darnel seeds because it can make you a little woozy, some kind of drunk, and they're seeing if they can boost <laughs> their beer without increasing the alcohol level with the product made from Darnell seeds. Kind of crazy, isn't it? Anyway, what does that have to do with the sermon? I don't know. The point is, the enemy just didn't sow dandelions in the field. He sowed harmful, harmful seeds. And the field isn't the church per se. It includes the church. The field is the world. I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll see it. The sons of the kingdom are the wheat, sown as good seed. He who sows the good seed, verse 37, Jesus in explaining the parable, he said, is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked. 
The tares are the sons of the wicked ones sown by the devil. The enemy who sowed them is the devil, Jesus said. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. So we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We're not to get in warfare with one another and have fights with our neighbors. Oh, but you don't know them. They are so evil. God will deal with them in his right time. Stay out of the angel's way. Amen? Next point. The Lord will have his angels do the separating at the end. So it will be, verse 40, at the end of the world, the Son of Man will send his angels and they will remove from his kingdom. They're there right now. But they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. So he's not, they're not just going to deal with evil people. They're going to do with things that trip us up, cause us to sin. Yeah. So if your addiction is alcohol that you struggle with because you don't want to live a life of sin, the breweries are going to burn up. How I see it. And the angels will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So this is going to happen. Next point of the parable, the righteous will clearly shine forth in the kingdom. At harvest time, it's easy to see what is wheat and what is tares. If you try to separate them while it's green, you're going to wind up uprooting some wheat, not just because the roots are intertwined, but because they look so much alike. He said, then the righteous will shine forth like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Who's looking forward to that day? We want to shine. So here's the application. Until our time of shining, how should we live? In this world filled with tares and wheat, and you may think you know who's terrible, you probably don't know. That's why we don't want to start uprooting things because we don't know the difference. We need to, while we're waiting on that day, know that we will all suffer. Well, I'm not going to. Are you naming it and claiming it, Pastor? No, it's just a fact. Jesus said, in the world, you will. Tell to someone and say, turn to someone and say, you will. You will tribulation. He said it. Well, I'm pre-trib. No, you're not. You're pre-great trib. <laughs> all right. No, we will all suffer. Know that we are called to love. We are all called to love. If you've got a father by you, tell him I love you. Let's do it. We're called to do this. Not just our fathers and mothers and families and brothers and sisters at home and in the church, but we're called to love our enemies. We're called to love people that we highly suspect are tares. Called to love them. Why? There's a thing called conversion, <laughs> and God wants to use you and I. We need to know that we are not the judge. We are not 
the judge. Tell me whether or not you think this guy is a tear or a weed, a weed or a wheat. As a youth, he lived with a woman leading to her pregnancy. Fifteen years later, he left her and got engaged to someone else to advance his career. While being engaged for a couple years, he became unfaithful and started having fun with someone else. After quitting church attendance, he joined a crazy cult. Afterwards, he became a skeptic. Is that weed or wheat? Yeah, you guys just know the word too well. Who is that? He is known in the Catholic Church as St. Augustine, one of the heroes of church history that was raised around the form of Christianity in his part of the world, in North Africa, but had a mighty conversion. So God can turn the terrible into the fruitful. We need to know that we can be terrible. We can be tear-like. We can have the terrible twos. Romans 12, verse 17 says, Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends upon you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. Another verse says, Don't give place to wrath, lest you give advantage to the devil. Anger and sin not. Where there's anger, well, doesn't God get angry? Yes, his anger is but for a moment. That's why we're still here. Why is this in the New Testament? Because there's annoying people in the world. There's painful folks in the world. And not just in the world, but in the past and the present and the future. We're not in heaven yet. We're citizens of the kingdom of heaven, and this reality exists. Repay no one evil for evil. Why would you do that if they weren't being evil, right? Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. Be bold in your witness. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. He has angels that do his light work. And he can do way more than they ever thought of doing. All right. Know that God can turn weeds into wheat. Here's a bit of Jeff Logan's story. He's not our St. Augustine, but he's, the Lord has done a glorious work in his life. I was raised in the church, and, um, you know, around 11 or 12, I, I got baptized and got saved, but I really never made him uh, steer my boat. I was still in control and all that. And uh, I had uh, fell in love with someone who wasn't a believer, and I knew better, but I was in love. And uh, 
it, it didn't work out. It was, uh, I, I kind of fell away from God. And as you get away from God, you hear where like the, uh, when somebody hears the word and they get all fired up about it on the mustard seed, like in the uh, shallow ground, and you get all fired up about it. And then 20 minutes later, you're like, what was I fired up about? You forget about it. It doesn't stick because you're not close with God in the south. You have short roots. And so that was part of the story that I had a, you know, I felt like I'd been on rocky ground. I felt like I'd been on good ground, different things in the parable there. But then uh, I'd grown away from the Lord. And then, um, of course, he's always been drawing me all my life. And I I'd realized that at some point. And uh, I had started reading my Bible intently. And I realized that, you know, if it was a ledger, like I was on the wrong side. And uh, February 22nd, 2004, I turned my life back over to God after living a fairly sinful, let's say a very sinful life. And uh, the Lord has just blessed me ever since. And uh, the first assignment was not an easy one. Uh, I would say there's suffering in that. I took care of my dad who was, had Alzheimer's. Took care of him seven years, which is like the number of completion. In my previous marriage, I'd, I'd raised two stepdaughters and I'd never had children of my own and one of the deepest desires of my heart was to have children. I, I remember telling God, I was like, gosh, I'm over 40 years old. I don't know if I'll ever get married again or ever have children of my own. And I took care of my dad, which was seven years, which is like the number of completion. And after that seven years, I met who's now my wife. And you can see the product of that marriage. And uh, so he, t- he, t- he took somebody who was pretty rotten and set his feet straight and put him on the right path. And he He's just been really good to me, and uh, I can see that. And it's really neat to see uh, when you don't know something how God's life is is working and his words correct. Thank you. Thank you so much. Know that a day of judgment is coming is my final point. It will be worth it all. And we see Jesus. So if you're a fruitful wheat, are tares cramping your style? <laughs> are you a servant of the Lord? Is someone messed with your field? Let God be God. Let him handle what he has called us to handle, call, that what he has intended to handle. And let's focus on what we're intended to handle. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay. If we take vengeance into our own hands, we'll uproot the good, and we'll cut off our participation in the plan of God. So what is our example? Is this, are these just rules or are they illustrated somewhere? Yes, in the gospel, in the person of Jesus Christ. In 1958, a country singer decided to write a gospel song. His name was Ray Overhaul. He wrote, He could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set him free. He could have called 10,000 angels, but he died alone for you. 
and me. They bound the hands of Jesus in the garden where he prayed. They led him through the streets in shame. They spat upon the Savior so pure and free from sin. They said, crucify him. He's the one to blame. Upon his precious head, they placed a crown of thorns. They laughed and said, behold the king. They struck him and they cursed him and mocked his holy name. All alone, he suffered everything. He could have called 10,000 angels, but he died alone for you and me. And he left steps for us to walk in. Are we following his example? When slighted, when discriminated against, when picked on, when misunderstood, are we embracing the cross and functioning like Christ-like believers are called to? Are we falling prey to the anger that is so prevalent in the world? Are we choosing sides? Are we throwing people in the baskets and denying them the privilege of the shade of your fellowship? Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that your word would help us to see our place, that we are not the son of God, we're the sons of God, that we are his harvest, we are his field, we are his servants, but there are things that he handles, that you handle, Lord, and things that we handle. Help us, Lord, to stay in our lane, be faithful to you, and follow you every step of the way. So, Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters who've been getting hammered ripped off, lied to, lied about, slandered, misunderstood, abandoned, abused, denied, and betrayed. Lord, I pray that they would hold to you like never before. Recognizing that you are sovereign and that you've got it all in control. And that one day, Lord, we will shine like the sun. Until that day comes, Lord, may we be faithful to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Far be it from me to not believe Even when my eyes can't see And this mountain that's in front of me Christ
relationship with someone and you know it may not be the best relationship because they could be that tear they could be that weed in the field man I just want to encourage you to love them I want to encourage you to just give them all God's love that they have because you don't know when they're going to be here and I'm not saying my dad was a terrible person was a bad person he had a good heart but you know God can call us home at any time and he can take us and it just reminds me a lot of that on this Father's Day and just know that you may have someone in your life who may struggle with you, who you may not, not always agree with, who you may not always connect with. But just know if you pour into their life, it only takes one moment in someone's life, one moment to say, I love you, or I care for you, or Jesus Christ loves you, and you can change their life forever. If that resonates with you today, I just want you to know that it is going to be well with you. It is going to be with well with whoever you're ministering to, as long as you do it through God. So let's sing this one more time. Oh, it is well with my soul. 
to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in every area of your life. And may you shine like the sun even now in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today in reality and virtuality. God bless you. Go get them, tigers. Amen. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on.